You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You brought up Swaim and Bridget. Like, all right, so I'll just say this right now. For me personally, no chance in hell. But I will probably try to see where those are coming from that are bringing this up is they're probably looking at the fact that Allmark, I think he had another three seasons after this, right? Under his current deal. Is that, is that, is that accurate? Uh, they signed it for a five-year deal, right? Two more after this year. It was a four-year year. deal. A four-year deal, okay. So you have, you have Allmark for two more years after this, and he's playing at a Vesna caliber level, right? So the people out there are probably thinking to yourselves, well, then why – if Swayman's worth so much, he's the number one goalie in this league, and you, but you already have a number one goalie, Vesna Caliber, for the next two years locked up. You know, is it that ridiculous to just go out there and find a capable backup for for Omark? Okay, that's the logic, and the and, and that you could probably get a, a a lot for Swayman. Problem is, is that Omark's current statistics and level of play and caliber of play have a lot to do with the shared workload that he has with Swayman because the Bruins have the trust in Swayman to, to also be that number one guy. Um, and furthermore, like God forbid somebody goes down with injury, all Mark, obviously, right. The Bruins can really not miss a beat with Swayman and net this year, this year. So his level of importance for this year in particular, in my opinion, is invaluable. And if you get to a point down the line where, you feel like you have somebody in the system that can kind of be that next one a or one B for one of these guys. And you feel like down the line, you might want to move one of these guys. Uh, It's a business, right? But as far as the here and now, there's no world that I live in where the Bruins will or should trade Swayman. It doesn't make any sense. The other mistake that I think the other mistake that people are making here and, you know, so I like I first heard about the like I think it was Wiggy who brought it up on the Greg Hill show, and then Mike Milbury at least entertained the idea. I know you know Keith was asking the question Thursday night, um, but I feel like a lot of people are, or at least that group seems to be assuming that Swayman isn't going to play in the playoffs. So from that perspective, it's like, well, if you have this extremely valuable piece, and Swayman would be more valuable than. Lysel, Lori, or first round pick. Um, and he's not gonna play in the playoffs if you're all in, like you know, why not consider it for for like a truly elite upgrade? Um, I'm just not sold that Swainman's not gonna play in the playoffs. Like 
we don't know that Ulmar can handle every night for four straight rounds. He he's never done that. Uh, we also don't know that Allmark is definitely going to be better at that point. Like, look at how Swayman's been playing for the last couple of months. He's his last twelve starts. He's eight one and three with a nine thirty seven save percentage. You know, is it insane to suggest that he might be the goaltender who's playing better by the time we get to April? Uh, I don't think that's crazy at all. So, you know, I would maybe at least be willing to consider it if if I felt like I had another goalie who was NHL ready, you know, say like a Kyle Kaiser or a Brandon Bussey looked really And by the way, like those two guys have both been really good in the AHL this year. Um, but I'm not sure that like, they're ready for the NHL. Both. I think Kaiser, has Kaiser play. I think he was a backup for a game at one point, but um, you know, Bussey obviously hasn't played in the NHL. Uh, you know, if one of those guys had a little more experience and you thought they were ready, like maybe I would entertain it, but we're not there. And as it is like you having two great goalies is yes, a luxury, but it, it could also be a necessity for this team because neither one has carried the workload on a long Stanley cup run yet. So you want to make sure that you have both of them. I think it would make your chances of winning the Stanley cup worse this year. I also think it's a bad move long-term um, because I think that as a goalie pair, the Bruins are better off with them in the regular season next year, or whatever, however long you keep both of them. Um, but specifically to talk about like what you're trying to do with the deadline is make your team better without risking something that's, you know, that that's just too risky of a move. Like you're not risking an injury to your goalie, which we've seen happen with Tuca. Um, like there's been times in the past where, you know, you have such a great situation that you've set yourself up with by making good moves, by drafting a good goalie in Swayman, by making a really good offseason move to get Allmark. And that was hard work that you put in to identify those guys and put them in place the way that they are. You have the luxury that a lot of teams wish they had. Why would you try to trade away that luxury? Um, and there's no guarantee one of them is, you know, not slumping at the time or, or, you know, maybe injury or, or consistency or something could be the issue. And you're not just throwing in some random person from Providence or some random guy that you got in a trade um, back the other way. And you have a combination that you trust. And also another good point about it is it's kind of been part of their identity the whole season and it's an important thing in their locker room and for morale. Like you see the Allmark Swayman energy that comes from their dynamic. Um, like the way that they have each other's back kind of represents the way that the entire team has each other's backs. So in terms of like messing with a locker room, it's also an issue to me. Um, there's really, I honestly can't entertain the idea of it. I think it's crazy. I think it's off the table. Um, I think it should be off the table at the very least. It shouldn't, you know, we're talking about a risk and reward situation. You're really gambling to, to think that at that point in the season, someone might not like someone might get injured. Um, like I mentioned, Tuke has gotten injured at times in the past, right before the playoffs, during the playoffs, or wasn't a hundred percent and was playing when you wish you had another guy that could come in say, Oh, Mark's 80% healthy. Well, would you rather go with Swayman 100% healthy? Yeah, you would. Isn't it the Boston media way? Swayman gets a shutout. 
10 hours later, people are questioning. Should we just trade him? <laughs> no, you want to know what Keith said? No, he just upped his trade value. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, like we're on the same page here. Uh, that's that's not the yeah. play for the Bruins. And the other part of it is, to me, at least right now, there's no one available who rises to that level where I would consider moving Swain. And like, not doing it for Timo Meyer because I don't think the Bruins are gonna, would be able to re-sign Timo Meyer. Not doing it for Jacob Chikrin. I I would rather just keep Swayman. Um, at like maybe a Dylan Larkin is like is approaching that level, but even that, like he's not a superstar. He's a really good center. Um, to me, like you would have to be talking about like a true, legitimate in his prime superstar that you can keep around for a while. And that player is not on the trade market right now. No, there's not. There's not anyone out there that I would say it would make. It would even be like a temptation. Like I feel like it's not even a temptation based on the names that we know. Because you're talking about a guy that you finally like one person you really did hit on in the draft. You know, finding Swayman um, when they did and and how he's turned out. So it, it, it's not even a tempting option. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, and he's you know he's young, right? He's mid twenties, so. Teams in the NHL are always looking for a goalie, right? A, a quality goalie. And to Scott's point, like if 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 the Bruins, if if the kids they have down in, in Providence right now end up instilling enough confidence in the organization to be like, all right, you know, we could ride with this kid um, to a level that we probably develop Swayman into, then down the line, like all bets are off, right? But as it pertains to this current Bruins team, he is way too valuable to what to what they do. Um, to move him this year, and yeah, like who are you moving him for, right? No one this year. The the closer we get to the deadline, the more I feel like the Bruins aren't going to rock the boat. I think I think they're going to try to just complement this team by giving away, you know, uh, picks prospects really, uh, and, and you know maybe a a lesser roster player for financial reasons. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, it's not but, a yeah. sexy conversation. So that's why on on our talk shows we're talking about Swayman because this is something that perks the ears. Well, whereas you're saying, oh, you know, trade a second round draft pick for like a depth defenseman. That's not so sexy. So right, you're hearing but, the Patrick yeah. Kane name go around because people know like name recognition for certain people and and you know just the controversial stuff. Well, how you know what I would say to that, and and you're you're absolutely right, but like. 2000, 2011, you know, how, how sexy was it to learn that the Bruins got Rich Peverly and Chris Kelly and, you know, Caberlet, although at the time Caberlet was known for being a really good power play guy. And then, you well, know, 2019. was one of those guys they had been linked to forever. So it was like pe- people knew him, not even just from watching him, but from the fact that like he had been in Bruins trade rumors for three years. So. And they, yeah, I think right. they missed the boat on him. They grabbed him a little too late. He was one of my least favorite Bruins of all yeah. time, that guy. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? Any anybody on that team is is high on my list because they helped. They all had a part in bringing the cup back. Um, Calvary and then he used goes, to get and, booed, and he had like eleven or twelve assists that postseason. Like it's he not like he did he, nothing. He wasn't bad. I mean, he he was he was honestly like they stuck him with McQuaid, and I, it was fine. I thought that, I thought he was fine. Like I don't know, but I don't know why people razz him so much. But um, I mean, uh, look, he, he was, was getting booed at home at the Garden. He, what was he? I don't I don't yeah, recall that. He was. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, he was—he wasn't a five-year player here. He was here for three months, and you know, he did his roles at third deep here in the back half of his career. I don't even know if he played. What did he even go? Yeah, I think he went to Carolina after that. But I don't know. Um, and then you know, 2019, just to finish the point, like how how sexy was Coyle and Johansson, right? So at the time, 
right? Um, I thought it was a great move at the no, time. No, no, no. I, I think we all did, but like I'd have to think back to who the people were on the market at that deadline. Like the, I'm, I'm trying to remember who the big the big fish were that deadline. It wasn't Coyle and Johansson, but I, we all acknowledged that they were great pickups. I'm just saying, like, find a way to compliment. You don't have to be a disruptor, really. Yeah, and you know, so we touched on like some of the hits recently. I guess like the one year you could say that maybe Sweeney missed was 2020 when you get Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha and kind of go more of like the value route, the lightning go all in throwing around first round picks for uh, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow. And that pays off more. So that like, that would be maybe the argument for, Hey, you know, it's worth it to go for the more expensive guys um, rather than looking for the value. But in that case, that Bruins team needed more impact guys. than this one does like, that team needed legitimate third line upgrades and Richie and Kasha didn't prove to be it. Um, This team doesn't have any area where they need a significant upgrade. So if it is only depth, if it is only, Hey, this is the guy where that there was an actual remotely reasonable price for like, that could be, you know, getting someone like a Nick Richie could be good enough for this team. You know, not saying Nick Richie, but you know, like that kind of player um, because this team doesn't need as much as that 2020 team did. Bringing up Nick Ritchie though, I almost feel like it makes me, it makes me really think that the Bruins probably would rather add a value defenseman than like a value forward, like Nick Ritchie in their their current situation. I gotta, I gotta be honest, guys, and, and and call call me crazy. And I, I I remember saying it at the time. I don't know why people hate the Nick Ritchie experience in Boston. Like I I understand he was a load. I get it. But yeah. like for what he was, he didn't he put up like twenty goals that year. I'm already well the, the next year. Yeah, it was really it was that one series against Tampa in the bubble that. Yeah, but the Bruins. He was legitimately uninspired. bad and took some really bad penalties. He did, but what I'll say, and I remember, I remember saying this to you at the time, I believe, but like, I don't actually, I don't think we were doing the podcast yet, but um, like, yes, he did take some stupid penalties in that in that bubble series, but you have to remember that was after three and a half, four months of not playing hockey, the world was in a pandemic, and the Bruins were playing. You have to remember they were sky high going into when, when COVID happened. They had cup aspirations and they went out and just kind of played uninspired hockey against the, against the lightning. And at the time, Nick Ritchie was the only guy trying to do do anything really. Um, now on this team though, like, I feel like that's not like, where no, are you going to put this, someone no, like that? No, no, I'm not saying, no, 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 diff, different team, different need. I'm, I'm just saying like people look back at Nick Ritchie and like make fun of it. It's like guys, like, I don't know. He was like an okay player for them. Um, the one that like, I don't really blame Don Sweeney for either is like Kasha. Cause like, at the time, he was like a really promising player in Anaheim, and and, and the Bruin, that Bruins team like it, he was a good, he wasn't supposed to come to Boston and be the guy. He was supposed to be a guy, but sometimes with with players, you just can't forecast you know head injuries and stuff. So I don't know. It's it, yes that yes you can look back at that deadline and say yeah the Andre Andre Kasha experience was an epic fail, but when he acquired the player. There was no way of forecasting that he was going to go down with a concussion the second game in Boston or whatever. And then it just snowballed from there. Right. And, you know, with Kasha, there was also like at least some upside that potentially he could, you know, play on Krejci's line 
obviously that you know never worked out um but i just remember like even at that deadline especially the coleman move for tampa because that was a player i'd always really liked and i was like oh that's that's gonna make a difference like goodrow is a little less sure about but blake coleman i was like yeah like that that guy's a baller like he's gonna help them in the playoffs which leads me to another question. This is more of like less of a question about what, but who would, who would be someone that you'd be the most worried to see moved to like a Toronto that would like actually legitimately make you go, Oh, well that's, that seriously is going to affect the Bruins chances against them or like make this, make a series really close. Hmm. Good question. I mean, they had been linked to Chikrin. Supposedly, they're now out. Um, I mean, it's probably just like it's one of the top guys. Like, you know, I don't think they can make a move for like Timo Meyer either. I don't really think they're in on him, but like one of those true legitimate top guys. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone kind of on the next level. I've said this before. Like, I don't love the defenseman market. I, I think you can find depth there. Outside of Chikrin, I'm not really sure about like legitimate difference makers. Um, they could use help up front. Like I'm trying to, if they found like a real impact middle six forward, um, I'm just trying to well, think of like who that might be. But Patrick like, that's, Kane was linked to them, and he has a no again, trait. Kane, I guess like you would always have to be worried that Kane, you know, finds his form and plays like old Patrick Kane, but current Patrick Kane just doesn't really scare me all that much. Uh, my my two cents is that for two teams in particular, let's let's do an Eastern Conference, Carolina and Toronto. Um, if Carolina can go out there and upgrade their forward grouping, that would really scare yeah. me. That's if, where you look for Timo Meyer. And if Toronto, see if Toronto, like in the years past when the Bruins beat them, they had that forward depth. Like in 2019, they had Kadri for a couple games. They had Hyman. They had Tavares. Um, they, they, Toronto to me, they can go out there and what, add every What happened forward. with Kadri? Why was it only a couple games? Yeah. Um, you can, Toronto, the, the Maple Leafs can go out there and add Wayne Gretzky up front for all I care. Um, until their blue line can, can win themselves playoff series and their goaltending can win themselves playoff series. I'm not scared of Toronto because they've always had the offense. And I think their offense is less now than what it has been in previous years when lesser Bruins teams have beaten them. So for me, if Carolina can go out there and add a significant piece up front, that scares me. If Toronto can significantly improve their blue line, that's to me where Toronto would be more of a threat in my mind to Boston. Toronto adding Timo Meyer does nothing to me. It, it really doesn't. Like he's just another guy that can, I don't know, like he, he's, he's a good forward, but that's not where Toronto needs. I mean, they might want to get him, but for, if, I'm, if, if I'm talking about the Maple Leafs and I want them to – go far in the playoffs, you got to address the blue line first and foremost. Yeah. So, and, and truly we don't know necessarily everyone that's available at this point. Um, we are only, uh, what is it? A week, a little over a week away, right. From the trade deadline. Um, so yeah, like almost two weeks, March. Yeah. 3rd. Yeah. So it's a little bit under two weeks. Um, yeah, exactly two weeks from when oh, we we're recording. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. It's two weeks. Um, we don't necessarily know other names that might be out there. Um, sometimes you something comes at the last minute that's a little bit of a shock. Other times, like we 
we hear the names some some names we don't hear so um yeah well, yeah be- and like and there's also like these fringe teams that you're still waiting to see what they're gonna do like i tweeted it you know somewhat jokingly but also kind of seriously last night that the bruins are doing their part to turn the predators into a seller like that's they're a team that's been right in the mix for a wild card spot but you wonder like if you know they're a little bit on the outside looking in i think they're like 10th in the west and it's like do you does a night like last night kind of send them a message of like yeah like this is how far away we we really are like you know yeah, maybe we should try to maybe yeah. we should try to get something for a couple of our guys um you know minnesota's another one that keeps and minnesota's in the playoffs right now but they keep coming up you know there's matt dumba's name has been out there for a long time now i just saw jordan greenway's name popped up you know i don't really think greenway is a huge difference maker dumba a little bit more if he can find his game but he's had an off season so um you know yeah like we we know the obvious sellers we know the obvious buyers but but then there's like nashville st louis yeah like some of the teams in that middle group are still i think kind of trying to figure out what they're gonna be well we know that the islanders who are technically outside the playoff race right now decided they're buyers <laughs> um so you know still trying to figure out like detroit but probably but even them detroit's now detroit's making like an actual push like I, yeah. I could see them trying to you know do something to add um even the islanders though i think now that they have horvat locked up i wouldn't be surprised if they at least consider moving other guys like one one guy who could get them a really nice return is Scott Mayfield, who is, you know, a big mobile right shot defenseman who's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the season. And if they're not like truly all in this season, why wouldn't they try to see what they could get for him? Because like, he, he to me would probably immediately be like the second best defenseman on the market behind Chikorin. I, I think he's better than Gavrikov. And his name's Scott, so yeah, you know, he's a huge good guy. plus. <laughs> yeah, and, and he played college hockey. Another plus. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to shake out still. To your guys' point, there's there's players that have been mentioned that they're going to be essentially traded at some point prior to the deadline that fans and players in the league know about. But then there's another market of players that are that we're going to call the the Black Friday shopping, where they're gonna they're like the last minute players that are going to be uh, made available. And I think I, I, not many GMs probably know who those guys are right now, but yeah, some of the players you guys just mentioned, there's some examples. So um, yeah, I mean like one thing, I guess just to conclude, I get one thing I'm sure of is that I really don't see Sweeney jeopardizing the chemistry of this team while making this team better. And I, have, I am, I'm confident in all, of, in all of Sweeney's faults, um, which of which there are a couple, but I, I'm it, it, one of them is definitely not, um, his ability to improve this team at the deadline. And, and, and I really do, I really do have a lot of trust in him when it comes to NHL level decisions. Um, I think his track record is, has spoken for that part. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to these next few weeks, guys. Was there anything else you wanted to cover before we, we wrapped up today? I don't think so. I mean, no, the only thing so. outside the game was DeBrusque, but Scott touched on the fact that he'll probably be back Saturday. Um, oh, well, maybe just the fact that the the game times are kind of weird. Um, so Saturday is – and then Monday Monday's a holiday. So sa- Saturday is a 5 p.m. game at home against the Islanders. Monday is at home at 1 p.m. Um, against Ottawa because it's a holiday. 
yeah, two weird times for the games, the next two games. And then we're back to those late games. Uh, they hit another road trip, 10 o'clock game, Seattle, whatever. There, <laughs> there are going to be some late podcasts again uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah. Also, by the way, kind of weird scheduling for their opponents because they're facing Ottawa on President's Day. And uh, President's Day is quite notably not a holiday in Canada where they do not celebrate U.S. presidents. Um, and also Saturday, that 5 p.m. start, the Islanders play Friday night at 7. So like that 22-hour turnaround is the minimum amount of time between games that you can have on in the NHL. So that'll be a tough game for the Islanders. Um, you know, you you would hope the Bruins would be able to take advantage of that. Well, if they don't, Scott, then they'll drop to 41 nine and five on the year whatever the hell they are so just a just a crazy crazy season that that we're witnessing here in the skate podcast and i know it's funny because in, in recent seasons or a season and a half i forget how long we've been doing this but um bridget always made a comment about how uh you know we always seem to record after a loss well not this year it's, no. not, it's i don't think we've recorded after a loss once this year maybe once or twice but it's, it's been i'm sure crazy. we have but yeah not many not Did we record after that loss to the Coyotes, I think? Yeah, and definitely during the three-game losing streak. At yeah. least one or two of those. But even then, they go on a the NHL goes on a two-week break and the All-Star break and during their actual slump so far this year. So even then, it was kind of broken up and not, not too negative to talk about. So, yeah, good stuff. Hopefully, they keep it going for us this year. Just wipe the table and bring home the Stanley Cup. That'd be... Uh, That'd be fun to see, see pictures of Scott chugging champagne out of the cup in the locker room, sneaking it. Well, he doesn't have to sneak in. He has a press pass. So yeah, you, you too, Bridget. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the one sneaking in probably, but yes. But anywho. Okay. Um, well, I'm all set guys. If you guys are good, Scott looked like he had some, some jokes brewing in his head, but I think he might be all set now. Was it like a eating hot dogs out of the Stanley cup joke or something? The popcorn. <laughs> no, although I would love to do that. That's the Phil Castle plan. Um. Yeah. Well, well, like I said, we'll get some, we'll get some McLaughlin corn in the, uh, in the cup for you, Scott. And, and we'll, that'll be your first marketing and we'll pitch it, launch it for the following season. It'll be the TD gardens, number one selling popcorn and you won't have to do the skate pod anymore. Yeah. One last thing. Sunday skate returns this Sunday. Uh, so people should, should tune in 10 AM. There you Me, go. Razor Bridget. The dream team yep. just needs just needs Brian. Yeah, but we don't want to, we don't want to give the people that much of a treat, do we? <laughs> you got to you got to keep the people wanting more. So There's it's, too much it's, star power for one team. They couldn't afford all of us. Hey, we don't need, we don't need an all star team. We need a winning team, right? So <laughs> you guys will you guys will do that. He's gonna he's gonna call in as Joe from Medford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be listening. You will, I'll be a different I'll be a different alias every single time with a different voice. I'll keep you on your toes. Yeah, um, we'll see if you get past me. I'm the call screener, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got. I, got if I can get them if you can get past. I got a lot of cheap Verizon phones, disposable phones. I'll be using. You won't. You won't catch a thing. All right. Uh, on that note, as Scott said, listen to Morning Skate on our Sunday, Sunday skate. skate. What's Morning Skate? Uh, it's what the Bruins do in the morning. Uh, I think I thought, <laughs> there's gonna be something called. That. I thought there was something called Morning Skate, but uh, there's sun- Morning Brew, but yeah, I guess I combined them. Yeah, that's probably what it is. So Sunday Skate. Listen to that this Sunday. Um, And thank you all for listening to this. We'll talk to you soon.